This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Free of him, 89.0 independent community media. I'm Bruce Scott Mel Driscoll. This afternoon, um, a tsunami wave has crashed through homes in Tonga after underwater volcano eruption. There is tsunami warnings around the North Island and parts of the South Island as we speak today. So that is the news of the day. Hopefully we'll be having for you this afternoon a COVID-19 update just after one o'clock and much, much more. Let's take a look at today in history. On January 16, 1944, 78 years ago today, Dwight D. Eisenhower, the American general appointed supreme commander of allied forces in Europe. This ahead of the D-Day landings due in June of that year. Plans had been formulated in January 1944. Bernard Montgomery had a significant role in that operation, but it's well known that he was uh, gunning for the Allied commander role, but they thought that it was a pair of safe hands with Dwight D. Eisenhower. And one of the big songs of 1944 was Bing Crosby and the Andrew Sisters. be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Yanks go marching in. I want to be their boy, spread some joy when they take old Berlin. There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Brooklyn boys begin to take the joint apart and tear it down when they take old Berlin. They're gonna start a row and show them how We paint the town back in Kokomo They're gonna take a hike through Hitler's Reich And change that hile to what you know, Joe There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin When the Yanks go marching in You could never keep them happy down on the farm After they take Berlin a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Yanks go marching in. I want to be their boy, spread some joy when they take over Berlin. And may I join you? There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Brooklyn boys begin to take the joint apart and tear it down when they take over Berlin. They're gonna start a row and show them how you paint the town back in. They're gonna take a hike through Hitler's right and change the hile to give me some skin. There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Yanks go marching in. You're never gonna keep them happy down on the farm after they take Berlin. Go marching in. Go marching in. I want to be there, boy. Spread some joy when, when 
lunatic Berlin The Yanks go marching in There'll be a hot time in, in the town of Berlin When the Brooklyn boys begin The boys begin To take the joint apart And tear it down when they take Berlin There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin When the Yanks go marching in You could never keep them happy down on a farm The life of these would never please, they'd shudder with alarm No, you couldn't keep them happy down on the farm Free FM 89.0, independent community media, cosmopolitan news and views. Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters. There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin from 1944, as remember Dwight D. Eisenhower becoming Allied commander. Yes, the final push and putting Montgomery's nose out of joint. That was 78 years ago today. Well, the um, Cyclone Cody is tracking and uh, Thames Coromandel Emergency Manager Gary Taylor said Cody's redirection comes as a relief to the district expecting the, to bear the brunt of the storm. So that storm was expected in Thames Coromandel, but uh, it's uh, changed tack and, um, yep, Heavy rain and strong winds for areas around East Cape tomorrow. The largest risk for Northland to Bay of Plenty uh, will, is from yesterday to Monday, while the greatest risk of unusually high waves from Gisborne down to uh, Wairapa uh, today until Tuesday. So poor old Tonga and to our Pacifica community, we are very, very sorry. We're thinking of you today. Communications with Tonga has been lost and also Fiji is taking the brunt, and of course New Zealand, Australia. This has been felt all around the world because they've got a triple, uh, double blow, of course, with the uh, volcano too. So we're thinking of our Pacifica community today around New Zealand and here in Waikato. Well, on um, our band RNZ NZBC list, Billy Joel comes up twice with Captain Jack and this one... Only the good die young. Mel's next. Come out, Virginia, don't let me wait. You Catholic girls start much too late. All oh, sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well will be the one. Well, they showed you a statue, told you to pray. Temple and locked you away Ah, but they never told you The price that you pay For things that you might have done Only the good die young And only the good die young. Whoa, 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 whoa. I tell you, only the good die young. Only the good die 
better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners and cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. You know that only the good die young. Independent community media. That is Billy Joel, only the good die young, one of those songs we're playing. They were banned by Radio New Zealand and the NZBC. Happy New Year, Mel. How are we? And to you and others who listen to this program. Kurt Wilson of Wellington wants a job, (laughs) hoping it'll be in Hamilton. He worked at fielding in the meat industry, but left last year when his grandfather became gravely ill. That's a sad moment in your life, Kurt, when he passed. Yes. And you want to work in the meat industry again? Um, yes, I would look. Um, I would like to look for something like that again, yes. Well, I'm thinking of AFCO, which is uh, just up the road from where we are sitting at the moment. Oh, right. Didn't even know it was here. Um, that would be a great opportunity to go and check out. But you're willing to work in any sphere, Kurt? but particularly interested in rail. Yes, that's one of my best interests, best hobbies. You don't think that if you got work within New Zealand rail, that it might become boring, like a lot of people say, unfortunately, they find their jobs. Yeah, a lot of people would think it's um, a bit of a boring process to go through, but... um for someone who's interested in trains like myself, I reckon it would be a good opening eye for me. And Where are you now? I'm in Hamilton. Well, I'm thinking of Tuhuia because it's about to um, leave the railway station not so far away. So I'm thinking of Tuhuia, the Auckland passenger train to Waikato and back. Have they got jobs opening there? Well, I think they're pretty well prepared from the staff that they held last year, but were made um, were suspended, I suppose, because there was no uh, service for them to conduct. But they've been um, practicing. They've had a familiarity in the last few days that would give them a good start when they resume the service Monday week. That's the weekdays, twice daily service to Auckland and back. You were born at Lower Hutt. But this is only the, your second time in Hamilton now. Yes, it's my second visit here. And you've brought your belongings? Yes. All loaded in the car, ready to respond to an offer of work? Yes. Just a question of from wherever that might come. Well, you're ready to go to the work. 
Do you think that the seasonal industry, Kurt, would attract you? That is, uh, picking of harvests. Yes, um, I was thinking of any type of sort of work that's going on, including the seasonal work, rail, meat industry. Yeah, I'm just looking for anything, really, just to get me on my feet. Before you decided to come north to Hamilton for the second time, had you had a look around close to home? You've always lived in Wellington, except for when you went to fielding, I think? Yes, I've always lived in Wellington. And was there anything going with, well, for instance, New Zealand Rail in the vicinity of Wellington? Yes, there was. There was a couple of jobs lined up in, in Wellington. It was sort of a track gang, track maintenance. Possibly very popular and attracting many applicants. That's the trouble, isn't it, Kurt? Yes. Um, I was more looking into travelling the North Island and coming up north to hopefully find a opening eye of a new town a new job and new friends because it's hard going to a new place and making contacts with people yes it is have you got accommodation Kurt that's the main thing yes I have I'm currently staying with family in Dinsdale just down the road from the station and uh, very close to those rail services that attract you so much what is it about a train that appeals is it the is it the uh, loco itself? Is it the people who drive it? Is it the whole train, the wagons included and containers carried these days, commonly 50 at a time? Yes, it's um, the engine. I would have said the engine that pulls the freight. Um, length of the freight train. It's just um, so interesting to film. And not just that, it's, it's also the rail scenery around it. For instance, the... Um, I would have said signals, anything like that. Just it just all interests me. Just some weird, strange way. That's this interest. This interest in trains. Did you ever listen to Sparky and the Talking Train on on the children's request shows as um, a, as a child? No, I never did. Do you keep any record of the trains that you see? Um, photography, video. Photography mainly, videos. It's all um, on YouTube. Oh, uh, under what? We can find you on YouTube, your work? Yes, um, under the train spotter from Redwood. Well, we wish you well with work. We're wondering how old you are, Kurt. Um, I've just turned 21 today. Today? Happy birthday! Congratulations. Uh, that might be a good omen for the work to come because a man needs a job to feel fitting into a new place, a new society, do you think? Yes, you definitely need a job to stay on your feet. Very good. Let's hope it works out, Kurt. Kurt Wilson of Wellington, needing a job, hoping it'll be in Hamilton. Kurt, are you, were you, are you willing to uh, put your uh, cell phone number on air just if people are listening and they'll uh, contact you? Um, yes. Uh, go, go, go ahead. 022-496-2000. Mm-hmm. 
7806 and ask for Kurt and have a chat. And how will you be celebrating your 21st today? In Hamilton, train spotting. Oh, congratulations. Oh, we know where to find you then. Oh, please wear a hat outside. It is going to be a scorcher this afternoon. Hey, Kurt, uh, keep in touch with us and we'll check in on you in a couple of weeks just to see how you're doing. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. There we are, an enterprising young man, uh, Mel. Yes, and hope he has many happy returns. Three minutes to one. Sadly, this week we lost a 60s musician in the name of Ronnie Spector. Yes, unfortunately she was married to that maniac Phil who, of course, died in January of last year. But we remember the band, the Ronettes. Remember this? FM 89.0, it's one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, a hot day outside Laronets with the late Ronnie Spector and Lenny Kiss Me. It's one o'clock, Mel. It's invisible and coming closer. The variant on COVID-19 Omicron, which is more infectious and dominant than the original coronavirus. 
Our listeners are Steve Donnelly and Michelle Agnew. Are you afraid? The more susceptible, the elderly, the frail, the immune-deficient individuals may pick it up in the coming weeks. Hello? Uh, 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 hi, yeah, I hear you talking. Um, are we afraid? Oh, well, the biggest thing is just got to stay out of crowds and stuff. And, yeah, so that's, um, yeah, so we've been sort of keeping ourselves, well, you know, as much as possible yeah. away from, oh, well, you know, not for the crowds, yeah. You do that, Steve, and hope to avoid infection that way. Uh, do you yeah. think that the community around you in Hamilton is on board with the um, expectations of the government? Oh, I think so, yeah. Well, I hope so. But um, we noticed that Hamilton didn't uh, empty out like Christmas, like it normally does, Christmas and New Year. Um, they all stayed home? Yeah, well, not, yeah, obviously people would have got, some people would have got on way, but, yeah, a lot of people stayed at home, I think. And how is it for you, Steve and Michelle, um, not not getting out and about as much as you norm- normally might. Uh, yeah, we still we still get around in our own community and stuff, and yeah, and see our friends and stuff, and um, yeah, and then we've got a little doggy business, so we're busy over Christmas and New Year anyway, looking after dogs. We mainly have little dogs here, but yeah, thank you. We've been relying so much, haven't we, on the tracing of cases that come into the community with uh, COVID-19. But we're warned this one will be different because in the community it'll spread faster than the tracers can can find people. Yeah. Mm. Does that make you rethink the way of life that you or others should lead? Well, I would. Uh, whenever I go out, I'm always not sure. Oh. Done my tracking and yeah, wear my mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah, mine. Yeah, do your tracking, eh? And yeah, wear the mask and uh, try and keep distance away from people and especially people you don't know. And because you don't know everyone's been back, so you know. Yep. You know. The thing is that I've been told this morning that Brian Tamaki is coming to Hamilton. Uh, later this month, uh, oh, right. t- t- to protest. Um, um, what do you say to Tamaki and others who protest that? It w- <laughs> uh, can't say it on here. Sorry. <laughs> Talk to many who don't believe in the vaccination among your friends and and acquaintances. Well, I don't know three people that have been non vax but um, and one lives in Tauranga. He, he's by himself, so we hardly see him. And then they all got neighbours. Um, down the road from us, but we did see a quite a bit of her, but we don't need more. <laughs> it's almost yeah. a new way of life that we're adopting. Those who believe that we can beat the virus if we can only take sufficient precautions, yeah. but um, not everyone's on board with the same. No, and it's something new. You go, we go back a long time back to the polio epidemic to the times when yep. drastic measures were taken by the government. True, yeah. I wonder if life will ever be the same afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they're trying to get it as normal as possible, right, with all these jabs, but... I need to um, get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'm heading later this month to get my third jab, my booster shot. I've had the other shots. I've got my mask on. Well, it's not over my face, but it's around my neck at the moment. So uh, Right, yeah. But is there any people that you think um, may change their tune if they if they do see this protest? Uh, have you got people who are kind of turning to the protests? Yeah, or we know, yeah, two, two across the road, yeah, yeah, down the road. But, um, yeah, Michelle sees them on every every um, protest day up with their masks and stuff. And, oh, no, not with their masks, with their, um, um, oh, their banners, signs and stuff. And they're yeah, walking down the road like this. And one of them had a New Zealand flag. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, no, it's no good. And of course, fear of an infection like this only adds to what some of us already cope with, uh, those who have disabilities of different kinds. And it's yeah. just one more thing that means adjusting life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One's a, yeah, got other illnesses as well. Yeah, yeah, feel for them. Yeah, sure. You know such people? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, we know people that, yeah, a lot of other disabilities, as well as blindness, yeah. Some general palsy and, well, yeah, people have cancer and diabetes. And diabetes, yeah, that's another one, yeah. The trouble is, when we look at it in a heap like that, it makes life seem dangerous and difficult. Uh, yeah. is, there, is there a bright side? Uh, Always look on the bright side of life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, I always got to think positive thoughts, I suppose, and... Mm. Yes. You know, lucky as I've got these, all these jabs, so that sort of save us and they boost her and... They mm. keep more healthier and... Yeah, yeah, to yeah. New Zealand is doing very well when it comes to combating this different variants of uh, COVID nineteen. We, I'm just yeah. looking for the latest stats, but we're doing very well at the moment. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Australia is not good at the moment, so that's um, yeah. Yeah, I've got a cousin in Tasmania. I'm just hopefully he's all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you quick? Steve and Michelle, to take up the opportunity to have vaccinations? Yes, oh, yeah. uh, for my job and my support worker, so um, I had to think about the people I was supporting, and mm. even for my partner and mother-in-law. And yeah. Um, just some breaking news. Health officials are due to confirm if an MIQ worker who tested positive for COVID-19 has the Omicron variant. We'll soon find out. It's uh, just come off uh, the stuff Twitter page. So, um, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll keep you informed. Hopefully it'll come up shortly. Yeah. Have you suffered yeah. any bad effects from the vaccinations that you have had? I've had a sore arm for a few days. Yeah, no, no, we didn't. We were quite good, just yeah, for arm, but yeah, that was it. Did but, you? Yeah, I'm about to get my booster. And it was my booster. My arm was hurting for about three or four days. Yeah, but it's normal, isn't it's it? It's normal. Yeah, affecting us in slightly different ways. 
but none serious among the people you know. No, no, we, no I don't know anyone that suffered from it, no. Michelle, it would be difficult for you in your employment going to different homes where yep. people may be in need of support. Uh, you would yeah, hope... I just wear my, um, wear, my I just wear my mask when uh, I get out of the car. As soon as I get out of the car, put my mask on, knock on the door. and um, I just go in there and they've been double vaccinated and they got vaccine passes and... Um, I just go on everyday life. You would hope that they are fully vaccinated. Oh, they showed me they've got their vaccine cards on their cards, so, um, yeah, because they all have to be vaccinated. Yeah, for people to sit here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wait for signs that it's leaving the world, or at least Mm. retreating to no more than we accept because it comes year after year. Uh, the danger of flu, which can be quite quite pronounced sometimes. Yeah. And hope to get back to what we might remember of normal life. Not too far so, in the future, perhaps. Yeah, well, hopefully. It's just around the corner. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Thanks. Yep. Yep. hey, thank you for being part of our afternoon here on Free FM. Oh, that's all good. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Steve, Steve Donnelly and Michelle Agnew of Hamilton. Yeah. It's a, it's a pleasure to have a, have a great afternoon and yeah, stay well. Stay safe. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, just another breaking news. The government, the New Zealand government has given $500,000 to the people of Tonga as they recover from the, uh, the tsunami, the, and also the double one, of course, with the volcano. So it's, uh, not very good in Tonga at the moment, Mel. No, and 500000 only goes so far. Anyway, keeping with the mood, we've played in a war song earlier. Let's play another one. From 1945, Tommy Dorsey on the sunny side of the street. It'd be hot enough to cook eggs on the street this afternoon. It is very, very warm outside.
doorstep, live sweet. Just direct your feet to the sun, sunny side of the street. Hop, bottle, noodles, that bitter path. You know the happy tune is my step, live sweet. If you dig that beat on the sun, sunny side of the street, used to walk in the shade. With my blues on parade, what a drag, old man, getting stuck in the shade. Get hip, don't be afraid. Move it on over, kill yourself in the clover. Mm, only hit for a sin, who cares? Richard Rockefeller can't be beat. Gold dust from my feet on the sunny, sunny side of the street. Classic Tommy Dorsey and on the sunny side of the street, Mel. Squadron leader Hugh Webb of Hamilton. So many moves through your youth, born in Richmond then to Gore, to Christchurch, stayed a while in Thames. Not surprisingly, when we read that your father was the head of English at Thames High School, that you inherited or acquired an aptitude for correct English expression, which carried over to you and your many contributions to newspapers over the years of retirement, including, we see, as recently as today, the Sunday Star Times, a letter to the editor headed COVID Weaknesses. That was you. Yes. Squadron leader Hugh Webb. What were you covering in that letter about COVID weaknesses? Um, the way that, well, overall, even though it's not the start of the letter, is that I think there's a frightening degree of looseness in the preparing for the Omicron and after an excellent start uh, in the first year, um, one of the things is that I believe we should have built purpose-built MIQ centres mm-hmm. rather than continuing with the hotels and motels. And uh, also, I think the politicisation of commentary on COVID, we should all be concentrating on making it safe while protecting people from the effect of not having tourists or whatever. And uh, it worries me a bit that the epidemiologists cry out and warn the risks and nothing seems to happen yeah i i, I totally agree because um i heard the latest from professor michael baker on another radio station early this morning it's uh, him rod jackson and others who uh, who are trying to press home that message get uh, get jabbed etc etc but the, the the problem is too that uh, some of the other political journalists etc they just lap this stuff up. Yes. 
Well, we know that you're somewhat an expert in uh, this sense uh, at protecting our borders. After all, you you spent 20 years in the RNZAF, a graduate of Staff College, also a commercial pilot, and you have an aptitude for electronics, it seems. So I know a virus is different, sir, but do you think that sometimes the government could be more receptive to the messages of experts on protecting our borders. Yes, I think it's it's very necessary that there's too much uh, compromise. And when you look at the disasters of the mismanagement in other countries, um, and then you think that you're still letting people come in through our borders, I think there needs to be a temporary extension to the lockdown of the borders while we get those children vaccinated and uh, put any measures in place uh, that will better protect us against the Omicron. We didn't do bad in our first year, did we? It was brilliant in the first year. I just think that you know, Australia built purpose-built MIQs, and the company that built them offered to do the same for the New Zealand government, and it was turned down. I suspect some of the motivation behind that was that killing two birds with one stone. If you haven't got any tourists, fill the hotels and motels up with MIQ. <laughs> it sounds like one of those conspiracy theories. You think so? <laughs> No, I don't like conspiracy theories. <laughs> you don't? You don't? Squad, squadron leader, another problem is too that all this legislation went through Parliament in the last two years and you can see how much power Ashley Bloomfield and the Ministry of Health have got over the people of New Zealand. Yes. Um, I don't have any problem with the exercising of power, but what I do have a problem with is management of a department mm -hmm. you don't just do it and this is very definitely learnt from the armed forces you don't just tell people to do things and say well I've told them that it's going to happen you probe and you inspect and you make sure that it's happening and time and time again we've had oopsie daisies at MIQs and other places which could have been avoided by a little bit of what-if thinking when planning. You were born in Thames, another Thames man you would know of. I was actually born in Nelson. Well, I'm sorry, Nelson, but you've got links to Thames, haven't you? Yes. yes. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Sir Keith Park, the yes, famous RAF commander in World War II. He, I don't know what he said if he'd been still around because he was he helped organise the Battle of Britain. So you've you've got to have some command there. Yes, Billy. If he'd been around, Helen Clark wouldn't have got away with destroying the strike wing of the RNZAF, which um, was just an ideological thing. It wasn't thought through. We're a maritime nation in which the first defence is. Air Force and Navy. Mm -hmm. um, Air Force because they have the speed and the area coverage, but you can't arrest a vessel from the Air Force, so 
the Navy uh, uh, have a part in doing that, plus any other things that they might do. But um, a classic example was back in the days when we arrested a Taiwanese fishing boat which was fishing in our waters. And the trouble was that the fishing boat was just as fast as the Navy patrol boat and they couldn't catch up. So Robert Muldoon ordered the Air Force to send out a couple of Skyhawks and uh, once the rockets and cannon fire turned the water white in front of the boat, they decided it was a great idea to stop. And then the Navy caught up and arrested the boat. The boat was forfeited to the Crown and the crew and captain uh, were punished for their misdemeanours. Is it thanks to the media that sometimes we get to know about the consequences of mismanagement, poor planning? Absolutely, yes. Uh, most of the stuff I respond to in letters come from one branch of the media or the other, and I look at something and I say, that's not on, so I burst into print. You are, in effect, one, like other letters writers, of the watchdogs. Yes. You don't mince your words, if I may say so, squadron leader. You <laughs> talk about the blundering incompetence of other countries' COVID management. Yes. And you ended the letter published today in the Sunday Star Times with something unequivocal. You said, in a Churchillian sort of way, our border restrictions must be tightened right now. <laughs> no room for misinterpretation. Yes. Well, there is a structural reason for being terse, too. Um, apart from being emphatic, um, you're limited in most cases to 200 words in a letter. Um, the Sunday Star Times, I think, is 150. But columnists get 800 words. So if you're wanting to challenge things step by step. It's got to be all mightily compact in a letter. Does it give them an unfair advantage, a, um, a grandstand? Yes, I think it does. Um, because one of the other constraints, in addition to, a, say, a 200-word limit, is that you're normally limited to no more than one letter a week. Um, so you can't counterpunch. And I have on a couple of occasions, three or four occasions, had two letters in the same newspaper, in fact. Yes, they never cease. There seems no end of issues that attract your attention as watchdog. Squadron leader, have you had any of your letters edited or words taken out by the sub-editors yes. of, of Stuff or the New Zealand Herald? by stuff um, they're very good like that I've had the New Zealand Herald at times although they've behaved recently, at times they've made my letter so unrecognisable that I might as well not have written and uh, at one stage I said I'd rather you didn't print my letter at all if you're going to do that to it and never a word of reply that's disappointing for you. After all, you're not paid. You're not a paid 
paid correspondent of the, of the paper, it's out of the goodness of your heart that you offer the thinking you do. Yes. I suspect they're trying to squeeze another letter in, but uh, sometimes uh, there's damage done. There's no doubt that readers have an appetite for what people like themselves have written. Well, that's right. In fact, today's paper in the Sunday Star Times is a classic one where there are at least three letters which uh, harmonise with what I wrote. And, of course, you didn't coordinate your contribution, so it does reflect a groundswell. Yes. Twenty years in the RNZAF. Thankfully, the years that were less uh, dominated by um, live bullets and bombs than the preceding 20 years, has it changed you? being in command and then suddenly a citizen again. A citizen, well, so are our Air Force personnel, but suddenly without all the trappings and um, reinforcement of instructions and the military way of approaching issues. Is it difficult? I, I think as we grow older, most of us transition from a sort of a wary aggressiveness to saying, oops, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, And that's very much so in my case. Um, And another flavour that's crept in is discovering when you're fed a lot of lies by various politicians of various countries And a classic example of that would be the second invasion of Iraq by uh, W and Tony B. Lyre. And uh, it was, forgive the word, it was a trumped-up excuse to go in there. And it did a colossal amount of damage. Leading up to that, Iraq had been the most highly educated country in the entire world. Um, graduates left, right and centre the troops stood by after the second invasion while thugs broke into museums and art galleries and carted off irreplaceable stuff Um, it really was a terrible occasion we need to have an understanding of history to realise their significance is that a side of you that has come from your father, Ted? Uh, I guess we uh, get a lot of influence like that, plus other people. Um, you know, if you like and respect the opinion of somebody, then you say, well, I'll take that on board. As a child squadron leader, were you ever uh, told to be seen and not heard? Uh, sometimes. Um, what, I, what I do remember is with my father teaching English, we'd be at the dinner table and you'd be saying something and he'd stop you in mid-sentence and correct your grammar. You developed 
the qualification of commercial pilot by virtue of the license you held. Did you exercise it very much? No, well, look, it was another one of those unfortunate bits of history. At the time, I obtained my license in December, 1st of December 1969, just as NAC were changing up to Boeing 737s, and Air New Zealand was changing from DC-8s to DC-10s and a huge number of pilots got made redundant and that totally tipped the scales against entering the commercial pilot market. Competing for very few positions that would arise. And of course there were a bucket load of experienced people around. Somebody with a bare commercial pilot licence would not have a show. And I when tried to rejoin the Air Force complete my pilot's course and uh, they weren't interested in having me as a pilot and I read between the lines that this was because the airlines were no longer robbing them of their qualified pilots. You you didn't pull rank? (laughs) Uh, I didn't have enough rank. (laughs) (laughs) You look back over your career with regrets or not? I I definitely regret not finishing my pilot's course. Um, I sort of uh, had distractions, and when I made some comments about perhaps rebranching, they when they finished uh, scratching their heads, they took me off the pilot's course. You worked for Ford. In Australia, so far as I know, they don't fly aircraft. The attraction then? Sorry, I didn't catch that one. The connection with Ford in Australia. Yes. um, I decided to escape the Longy regime and shifted my family to Australia. And I'd always had an interest in motor engineering, so I took my CV down to the Ford Motor Company and said, I'd like to work for you. And they rang back pretty promptly and said, come in. So uh, I was hired about a week later. And what was your job? It was called Purchasing Program Coordinator. My job was to, was on new models, um, making sure that the components to build those new models at the correct latest modification state were going to come in from the suppliers in a timely manner so that the project could uh, continue. From time to time we meet advocates for the union, the federation or some political construct in which Australia and New Zealand are somehow in partnership such that uh, it's administered from the top as one. Do you think that we'll ever see the day? Um, You're talking just unions or are you talking politics? Politics. Political union. Uh, No, I I really wouldn't support that. In fact, uh, I think we're too different. 
Yes, I, I, I see this morning when it comes to control that uh, the Prime Minister's department is controlling the efforts and the rescue efforts in Tonga, so it's all, it's all coming out of the Prime Minister's department. Yes, uh, I guess it's a foreign affairs type um, deal. And with the downgrading of the RNZAF, I don't know whether that's a precise term for what happened, but definitely a budget was trimmed and aircraft were mothballed. Do you think that that indicates that we are now more dependent on our defence from other nations? Or have we succeeded, in fact, to set ourselves potentially apart sufficient that no one sees a reason to attack us? I think that at the moment there isn't a very great threat to us but it's only a matter of time um, when you look at resources around the world space to live water supply, food um, then there will come a time when um, envious eyes are cast in our direction the um, the biggest protection we've got is a lot of sea around us and as I said way back in the time when we still had skyhawks but they were on on skates was that while we have small but efficient armed forces the sea behaves as a moat when you get rid of that capability it becomes a pathway for your enemies mm-hmm. I think the only attack today Squadron leader is via the computer hacking China and Russia have been alleged to have hacking into all computers all around the world. So uh, it's now done on a computer. Yes, absolutely. Um, you've got you've got to have an efficient and up to date firewall, and you've got to be very alert about clicking on any link on any links from people you don't know. Are you happy at seeing the developments in technology that make life easier? Or are we really complicating the world by our potential ability to manipulate so many things that even a robot serves one's dinner in a restaurant? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, I think by and large technology has been very useful. Um, You know, if you want to research something, then you just go to your computer and you put how to do whatever, and you might get a little video clip of how to disassemble something and fix it. Um, Also, historically, things like that. Um, I'm not too keen on the idea of children having lots of screen time. I think it's uh, bad for them. And internet trolls should be hunted down wherever possible and uh, wrapped over the knuckles. Is there anyone in your wider family who's keeping up the military tradition? No. No, there isn't. Not a bad thing, perhaps, because we can be so preoccupied with defence uh, that it uh, makes it the easier to become a reality. 
Yes, well, I'm very much in favour of defence uh, as opposed to offence. And what I was relating before about the second invasion of Iraq, um, you don't want to touch that with a barge pole. Yeah, you're disappointed that we became implicated so deeply as we were. Yes, I think uh, I think even the uh, going back into Afghanistan was a mistake, uh, even though it was good intentions. Um, nobody has ever won in Afghanistan, and surely there's a long enough history to learn from it. In the, in the current crisis in Afghanistan, do you think um, places like America let the Taliban get in there too easily? Yes, well, it seems to me that the Americans always tell you exactly the date in which they're going to stop military actions, and that allows the forces that <laughs> are going to take over a chance to plan exactly. Surely they didn't learn that at Staff College. <laughs> imagine. Imagine if the dates had been known of the launch of D-Day. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they went to the trouble of misleading Hitler as to where yeah. it was going to um, land. Yeah. A squadron leader, you'd want to know that to this day is the uh, anniversary of uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower becoming Supreme Commander um, this day in 1944. Um, he put uh, Monty's nose out of joint, so um, <laughs> so we're, we're celebrating that today too. So, yes. Well, thank you for joining us on Cosmopolitan News and Views, uh, broadcast on Free FM 89.0. That's Proudly supported by New Zealand on air. I, I I hope we talk again, Squadron Leader. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Great pleasure. Thank a, you. It's a pleasure, Squadron Leader Hugh Webb of Hamilton. Just some breaking news again: the COVID uh, outbreak. Um, the MIQ worker is infected with Omicron. This is about three minutes ago from the NZ Herald. Um, the COVID, uh, there are 25 cases of uh, COVID in the community. You'll see it all tonight on on the idiot box. And um, yes, so uh, the MIQ worker has tested positive for Omicron. I hope he is in a safe place and it doesn't get into the community. Talking about the squadron leader.
top of the service, the name is cavalry. High over the ocean, flying wide and free. The soldiers, sailors, and marines are demons and pinching all the scenes, or posing in the magazines. But with the navy's eyes, the admiral's fireflies were high sky riding aeronautical guys. Wings over the navy, sailing the seven FM 89.0, independent community media. This is Cosmopolitan News and Views, 1939. Lou Stone and his orchestra, complete with sound effects of the plane and wings over the Navy Mill. Yes, brings back memories, I'm sure, for our last guest, squadron leader Hugh Webb. Now we introduce Phoenix Adamson of Hamilton, who had the good fortune to accept his mother's encouragement at the critical age of eight or nine to take classes in a form of dance for which he had a natural aptitude and now shows others how to do as their instructor for Phoenix Line Dancers. So what do you do, Phoenix? What do I do? Well, I, I teach uh, Monday to Friday in public through to advance uh, here in Hamilton. And do you find that there's no end of people interested in line dancing? Ah, yes, that can be the case. I seem to keep getting a lot of contact from new people that are interested and a lot of old faces returning that haven't been for a while. Um, so, yeah, it's always nice to see new people but also see some of the old faces returning as well. Is it a neglected art? Neglected art? Uh, it's been around for a while. It's been around since, like, the early 90s, um, from my understanding. Um, so I wouldn't say it's neglected, but um, it's probably certainly not, like, Certainly, certainly not like what it used to be anyway. It's certainly changed over the years. Some things catch on, don't they? Do you think it's the case with yours? Uh, yes, yes. Certain things do, do catch on, and it's certainly been one of those sort of things that, that has caught on a bit over the years. Um, but yeah, there's always been a bit of change as well, but Phoenix, yeah, well, that's a bad thing. Phoenix, one of the heroes or anti-heroes of line dancing is Billy Ray Cyrus, achy, breaky yes. heart, and also I saw a new video of his on 
the television yesterday afternoon. So he's still around bringing these songs out for still line around, dancing. Yeah. Every time you mention what line up to everyone thinks Aki breaky heart, and they're like, oh no, but it's more than just that now. I mean, you can literally dance to anything, really, as long as you can count four beats to it. You can literally dance to any sort of piece of music, like from modern from modern pop to even some classical music some days. It's usually like some nice remixed classical track. So yeah, you can literally dance to anything. So it's gone sort of past the, uh, past the thing of just Billy Ray Cyrus and Aki breaky heart now, that's for sure. Dance can be demanding, well, physically, among other things. Is it something for um, those middle-aged, older? Um, it can be for anyone, really. I mean, I have I have people in my classes aged from, like, late 20s up to about early 80s. Um, so, yeah, it's just generally for anybody, really. Well, that um, just about covers us all. Music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you enjoy music and a bit of, bit of exercise and a bit of social... Social, um, social aspects of it, then yeah, it's, it's pretty much for anyone, really. Are there others offering similar tuition in Hamilton? Um, there is another guy who, who does teach in Hamilton who I originally went to named Morris Roper. He's been teaching for, well, more than I have, and more than 20 years. Um, and I sort of started learning in Hamilton from him when I moved to Hamilton. Building um, on your experience that your mother encouraged you into. Yep, yep. Um, I started started going to classes when I was younger up in the Bay of Islands with Mum and my youngest brother, and uh, and then sort of started going to other people's classes when I when I came to Hamilton, and uh, you sort of you know sort of start to uh, adapt your own way of teaching, and then all of a sudden I became took over someone else's class, and then build build things from there. Really, so it's really quite sophisticated and different levels of expertise, shall we say. Definitely. I mean, you've got you've got dancers, you know, that are more for your complete absolute beginner, also known as raw beginner. And then you've got dancers that might go through to like advanced or even beyond advanced. Um, it just depends on what the choreographers have, have written to the, the certain piece of music and uh, how how the music works with the with the steps. Really, have you got people with disabilities? Um, I do. I do have a class on a Wednesday afternoon, actually, and it's mostly people with learning difficulties such as um, Down syndrome, autism, Asperger's sort of thing, and uh, they just seem to enjoy the social aspect and um, just enjoy the music. Really, I don't really make a fuss if they can't pick up the steps. I think they just enjoy the the social side of things. It's wonderful to think that yes. they can participate and derive the pleasure that others do, who are more yes. accomplished, shall we say. Yes, indeed. I mean, these these this group is sort of like maybe mid mid to late twenties, maybe up to about mid thirties, roughly, in age bracket wise. Are you personally, Phoenix, interested in other forms of dance? I have I have been quite interested in other forms of dance. Like I've watched things like Dancing with the Stars, and I've, I've you know I've been quite keen to learn things like the um, Argentine Tango or the Fox Trot sort of thing, things like that. But or the Paso Doble, but I've just never really had the time. Trying to find time in a busy schedule, it yeah, doesn't doesn't become easy, that's for sure. In the end, we have to be selective, don't we? You can't do everything. Can't do everything, that's exactly right. Phoenix, I've been watching a bit of Chinese television lately, and they've got a, a Chinese dance program on at the moment, and boy, some of these uh, dancers, uh, they are pretty neat. You'll have to tune in and have a, have a look at it. Oh yes, a lot. A lot of uh, if you look up a lot of line dancers on YouTube, a lot of the um, a lot of the, the the groups that put up the the videos to certain dancers, a lot of them are Chinese, Chinese Asian based people, 
and uh, yeah, they can certainly they can certainly dance. That's for sure. They're pretty amazing to watch. Perhaps our tastes change with time. The demands yeah. of um, exhausting dance routines uh, tell <laughs> eventually, age-wise, and people find the kind of music that suits their energy. Is that fair yeah, to definitely. say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the dancers are, as I said, in, in terms of music, like dancers are choreographed to anything, like from Rod Stewart through to <laughs> Ed Sheeran to... Madonna, even is it's just whatever, whatever people across the other dancers across the globe, being choreographers, actually decide to write their dance to. Really, so it's do you kind think, of an interesting array of music. Do you think that the euphoria, as some might put it, that they derive from dance, can be somehow compared and seen to be the same as the euphoria that we hear people say who get up before dawn and run pad out miles and miles of terrain before coming home for breakfast and say they feel the better for it all day. Hmm, that's, that's quite a comparison to make. Um, I suppose it could be. It just depends on the individual, really. Yeah, yeah. A, a long time you were associated with this uh, community radio. Yes. Tell us about how that program developed and how it was for you to leave it. Right, so I was I was involved as a co-host for Flat Out Pride and uh, with a couple of other people. Um, there was Hamey, also known as Lady H, and also another person named Krista, a.k.a. Chrysalis. Um, I met Hamey years ago. Uh, she sort of knew me through pre a previous lifetime, and, um, you know, so it was kind of interesting working alongside her in a different perspective as such. Um, but uh, she got busy with working and then Krista and I sort of ran, ran the show but then we sort of got to that whole point of like hitting a brick wall so to speak you're sort of short of ideas on content and uh, we just decided to leave leave it, leave the show in Haney's capable hands which I'm sure she's done very well of But basically, but basically Phoenix, you were burnt out Yes, yeah, it got to that sort of point you're running short of ideas and uh, yeah, burnt out is the way to put it well, Phoenix, thanks for your uh, company this afternoon here on Free FM. Enjoy the day and uh, happy dancing. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And talking about dancing, let's go back to the 30s. Remember this. This is for you. You can have a dance around the kitchen this afternoon with us. Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was a top man at his craft. But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army now, a blowing reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. They made him blow a bugle for his Uncle Sam. It really brought him down because he couldn't jam. The captain seemed to understand. Because the next day the cap went out and drafted a band And now the company jumps when he plays Reveille He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B A toot, a toot, a toot de la a toot de blows it to the bar In boogie rhythm, he can't blow a note unless the bass and guitar is playing with him He makes a company jump when he plays Reveille He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B He was a boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B.
was busy. The world famous Andrew Sisters, the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. If you know the song, it was later done, of course, by Bette Midler. She did a version of that too in the Andrew Sisters style. Trevor's talk. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Another week's gone by, and I like those tunes you're playing today. Brought back a few memories. You're not that old. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, what's been happening? It's a week ago we saw you last week, so things have been moving along here in Hamilton. And uh, so, what's uh, what's uh, happened in your life this week? Oh, not much as, as usual. Uh, pretty quiet, just ticking along. But I like to talk about uh, other countries, yes, namely Britain. What was Boris Johnson thinking of having a garden party? after declaring a strict lockdown throughout the country and no gatherings whatsoever. And then they have that, I mean, that was, to me, political suicide. I, I, I saw it on television in the, in the <laughs> comments. It's so embarrassing. Uh, I mean... You, you, his face would sour milk. <laughs> it would. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, if I was in this position... You think the slightest bit of intelligence would tell you the the, the downfall of doing such a gathering could cause. I mean, he was torn to shreds in the House of Commons and uh, he did make an apology of sorts, but that only aggravated the situation more and everyone wants him gone. Yep. Now, had he put his foot down and said, no, we're not going to have this at 10 Downing Street, the rest of the countries in lockdown, so are we. It probably would have come out smelling of roses. Then we had our own version of that concerning the Prime Minister's fiance, uh, Clark Gayford. That story is uh, is dead in the water in the in the last uh, day or so. No one's talking about it anymore. But it was big news during the week that um, yeah, I did hear about. It was putting someone recommending someone uh, was it getting an early inoculation yep, yep. of some sort. Mm. Uh, this is probably a bit, a bit minor compared to what Boris Johnson yep. was doing, but uh, you've got to be very careful in, in positions, even if you're related, yep. uh, that you don't, don't show favouritism. Then we've got then we've got uh, Mr. Djokovic. He the, oh, yeah. the, the hearings on at the moment. Yeah, and then of course you've got the man who in the seventies was called Randy Andy, oh, Prince yeah. Andrew. So he's now he can no longer use his royal highness in public. His mother has stamped a foot and... Must be very uh, hard on her because she just lost her husband. <laughs> uh, must be a lot of stress on her, all this. I mean, it's going to be tried, I think, as a... As, as a, a private as a civilian. Citizen. Yep. But yeah. his his private life is finally... And I wonder what his daughters and his ex-wife think and the rest of the royal family. Well, He's yeah. persona non grata. Well, it says he probably had to virtually go into... Reclusive hiding, I think, after all this. Well, I think he's got a house on the Windsor Estate yeah. and uh, he'll be probably be hiding in there. And uh, He hasn't got any money because he's been cut off at the public purse. He's lost his titles. He's lost his uh, New Zealand... Um, he was a commander of something, colonel-in-chief of something here in New Zealand. He so was, that's right. And, he lost uh, it all. Yes, I mean, it, the trouble is they get carried away at the moment. They don't realise the consequences of their actions. And well, it comes yeah. down years later and bites them. Well, well, you'll be watching the news next week, and uh, I will too. And uh, we'll do it all again. That's yep. right. It's almost like a as, as they say.
but this week we lost a lady called Ronnie Spector from the Ronettes. Yes, I saw that on TV. I remember the tune uh, that they, she was singing quite clearly. And uh, it's a pity her husband is the way he was. He's a brilliant person in, in the music world, but he, he, he went off the rails yes. big time. Yeah, he did. We'll leave you with the Ronettes and be my baby. We'll do it again in seven days' time. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the sunshine. And be careful out there. Wear your masks and get inoculated, etc., etc. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.